right, well, hello everyone, and welcome back to our second ever episode of Hall Gaming. My name is Jeremy Hall, I'm your host, and I just wanna say thank you for all of the great feedback we've got from first week's episode. We talked a bit about PS5 versus Xbox Series X, and it seems like you guys liked it. So thanks for chatting back and forth in the Discord, connecting on social media. Uh, if you haven't connected yet, feel free to look us up on Goon Studios. You can find that on our social pages, Facebook, Twitter, pretty much anywhere that's not LinkedIn. And yeah, so before we start today, we have a special co-host. It is my good friend, Caleb, uh, also known by Callahan is here in our Discord. And he does a good bit of podcasting himself. So welcome, Caleb. Hey, how's it going? Uh, doing good. I have known Caleb for most of my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> been incredibly good friends. He's basically the brother I never had. Uh, I think we annoyed the living crap out of each other too, but that's okay. Uh, so Caleb, before we get started with today, uh, you've got a podcast of your own that you've been doing on a different kind of gaming. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, recently, I've been doing a lot of um, work with in the competitive uh, commander community for uh, Magic the Gathering and uh, really just uh, launched a podcast about a month ago uh, called The Mind Sculptors. And uh, we've been working with um, specifically with uh, Cobblepot from the Lab Maniacs, if anybody's familiar with them. Uh, they kind of broke up a few years ago and... Uh, Cobblepot and I have been talking back and forth for a while, and um, he and I ended up just started collaborating on a lot of stuff. We brought in Pongo from Team Turn 3, and uh, we have kind of formed this little group of people where I just kind of get to sit back and facilitate conversation and listen to these really, uh, really bright people in the Magic community just talk about Commander and, and high-powered Commander specifically. Yeah, no, I, I have to say I am amazed with as little time as the podcast has been going, how many people you've already had on the show and have been able to connect with. So by all means, hats off to you. Uh, go check it out if you haven't already. Uh, Caleb, where can they find that? Yeah, you can go to YouTube. Um, there's the mind, just the, the mind sculptors there. Uh, we're on there. We're on Spotify. I think we're on Google Podcasts now. Um, I'm still waiting on my Apple stuff to come through. Um, that's always kind of the thing that takes forever. Um, but we're on there. We're on Patreon. We're on all those places. So you can find me at, uh, on Twitter at, at Callahan is here too. Very active on Twitter. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to go ahead and post a link to some of that in our discord as well. When this episode goes up. So if you can't find it, go to the discord, look under our chat or show links, and I'll make sure to link to the mind sculptors as well. Uh, but today we are here to talk about video games, which I guess Magic has Arena, so we're going to count it. And we have Moto. Uh, we have Moto, too. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, before we really get into things, though, I want to point to a bit of a promotion that the Goon Studios podcasts are having going on. It is our year-end giveaway. So for this Christmas, 2020 is almost over, and we're all thanking God for that. So to celebrate, we are giving away a $20 gift card to whoever wins choices. So if you want that to be to Amazon or Xbox or Steam or wherever in God's name you buy, whatever you buy, uh, you get to pick. So all you have to do to celebrate the prog progress of Hall Gaming Podcast and Nonsensical Podcast, my good friend Sam and Nate over there, uh, you can enter your name by doing one of three things. 
You can share the posts for the year-end giveaway on one of our social medias. So that would be Hall Gaming for me. You can invite some people over to Discord. That'll get you three entries. And if you drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you get three entries as well. We're not trying to buy your review, so rate us how you feel. But I'm proud of what we put out, and I think you will too. And it'll help us get noticed by more people, the more reviews we have like that. So all the promotional stuff out of the way. You know, I, yeah. I, I got to say, I'm pretty <laughs> disappointed you guys aren't, you know, doing the John Oliver thing where to the celebrate 2020 you aren't blowing up a physical manifestation of 2020. Hey, there is a month and a half left in this year as the time of recording and there's still time to work something out. Like I uh, I'm all for burning something down at the end of this year. I I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I see all these people going 2021 can't get here soon enough. And I would say that. Remember how we I'm went also, into Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I think I was going to say exactly what you're about to say. <laughs> oh, it's remember in 2019 when we were just like, man, 2020, it's going to be great. 2019 sucked. It was awful. And like yep. a month in Kobe Bryant dies. Yeah. Like, had, oh, never we had, mind. We had like, what, three good days before the Australian wildfires came in and we went, oh, great. And then Kobe's gone. It was like, this can't get any worse. Yeah. It and, was... and the world just kind of went, ha ha, let me show you something. Yeah, and everything's just kind of spiraled from there. So, Gosh, <laughs> this was supposed to be the Roaring Twenties. Oh, well. So, uh, for our introductory segment today, uh, I, as you may have heard last week, uh, we talked about the PS5 versus the Xbox Series X. If you want to hear that conversation, go back to last week's episode, uh, check everything out. But basically, my personal opinion was I kind of landed on the specs aren't that much different between the two. The price points are pretty much the same. Uh, PlayStation's killing it on the exclusives, and Xbox is the place to be for Game Pass if you want a lot of content for basically cheap. Uh, but unlike, it seems like, everybody in our Discord, I actually did manage to get my hands on a PS5. And I did that by going in person, sitting outside of an EB Games for six hours, and logging into my seminary class online. So, Hold on. So, okay, so Game <laughs> EB Games in Canada? Yes, it is still in, in Canada. In Australia, it's still EB Games. Okay, so I remember Electronics Boutique. Yeah, um, that's the one decades ago. Oh I yeah, didn't know we used to go to the brand. It is. So what happened when GameStop bought out EB? They basically did. You, you remember the thing like Carl's Jr. and Hardee's or whatever? Yeah. The, which ones are connected? Anyway, when they bought out, they kind of renamed it as to whichever brand was most popular in that specific area. So in the U.S., GameStop was the one that was becoming more well-known, so they rebranded every EB Games to GameStop. Uh, but in hmm. Canada and Australia, EB Games was by far the better-known one, so they didn't bother changing anything. Same type of promotional stuff, so you can get ed edge cards and power-up rewards and crap like that. But That's hilarious. It is. It's like I'm walking back into 2004 every time I go to get a game. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, with all that, I did get a PS5, and uh, I've been taking it through its paces over the last few days, and I have a few reactions. And my first one is this. This is definitely a next-generation console. It's just not quite as big of a leap as we've seen with the last few. Like, Caleb, you remember, like, especially when we went from uh, PS2 to PS3, the drastic difference that was? Right. Uh and even from PS3 to PS4, the games played light years better. 
you know, the, the graphic update wasn't quite as much, but it was still there. Man, you could tell With, me that. Every time every time I try to load up like Spider-Man on my PS4, it just like chugs. Yeah. So what I found with the PS5 is as far as performance, it kills it. Uh, load times are incredibly speedy. Uh, one the, the pack-in game for the PS5, Astro's Playroom, I'm going to talk more about that in a second. But the enter the levels, you know, you walk in, it has like the little portal there, like think the old school Spyro games and Crash Bandicoot. And I walked up to this thing, and I'm expecting, okay, now I wait, you know, 10 seconds for it to look low. No, in real time, I walked in, it pushed me through the portal, and I was in the, the level. Like, the solid-state drive kills it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing's just a glorified PC sitting on your... Uh, it you is. It, it basically is. But that being said, like, I won't say it's quite the drastic increase overall that the last few generations have been. Like, if you were, like, looking from the P the PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4 is a drastically different console, this is, like, 75% of the way there. It's worth investing in. It'll incredibly increase your enjoyment as you play. But you're not going to walk in and go, wow, this looks like, you know, Christopher Nolan shot this. Like, it's a jump. It's just not as big as the last couple. I mean, the, the, the real thing, though, right, is the PS5 has – they finally have the technology. They finally cracked the code that they are able to run bug snacks. No other console <laughs> could do this. Only, only the PS4, only the PS5 can do this. That's the only console that's capable of it. You know, I, I got bug snacks. I got it with my PlayStation Plus membership. Uh, I hadn't heard anything about this game. I haven't played it yet. This is the but I of the year, man. I remember watching the PlayStation Five game reveals when that thing popped up, and I went, "What on earth is this?" Well, and I, I, are just great. Oh, that's what I've heard. So I, hopefully, hopefully by this time next week, when we do the next episode, I'll have a bit more to say about bug snacks. If if you if you watch, do you watch video game donkey at all? You know, I actually don't. Okay, um, he just released a video <laughs> about <laughs> bug snacks. It was so funny. I I effectively stole my joke from him, but it was. <laughs> The whole video is like him going, it's like five or six minutes of him basically making that joke over and over. It was really well, funny. I, I know what I'm doing this evening now. I'm going to go watch that video. You got to send me it. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Uh, but all that being said, I think the real game changer, and I'm shocked by this, is the DualSense controller. Uh, I mentioned when we were uh, doing last week's episode, I thought it could be a killer feature, but I didn't really know how much change it would bring. That controller is incredible. Like, when the Switch came out, there was all this talk about, oh, you it's the 3D audio and the, uh, the vibrations in the controller, and you can feel the balls rolling around. And you could. But the DualSense takes that to a whole nother level. Like, I was playing through that Astro's Playroom because it's a free game. It's already there, and I had to wait for Valhalla to install. <laughs> so, uh, but, like, you feel raindrops individually hitting your controller as you walk through. And the uh, haptic feedback, it's insane. Like, I didn't think I would be as impressed by this controller as I could, as I did. Uh, and I saw that uh, Steam is starting to add compatibility for it. They don't have the haptic, uh, all that sort of stuff ready quite yet. Right. But they're working towards it to where you can use the controller on your PC 
and it looks like soon they're bringing support. I mean, we're we're basically getting to a point, right, where like everything's just going to be like cross compatible anymore. Yeah, because I mean, we saw that. I mean, this is kind of an indication of that, right? Because you kind of saw that with what was it? Uh, um, was it Fortnite? It was the mm-hmm. thing that really pushed the whole. Um, cross compatibility thing where everybody was like well why can't i play with my friend who has a switch and i have a playstation yeah which was a great question it was dumb um but yeah i mean that's just kind of more yeah and i like that i like it yeah i do too and i'm interested to see how much i like this controller i don't know when i'm getting the playstation um i just can't get over the color like (laughs) the design of it is just so heavy-handed Oh, it's not just heavy-handed. It's physically heavy. That, that's that's my third point. The console is a brick. Like, I it's lifted huge. this thing up, and, like, I could kill a man with this easily, like, without effort. <laughs> I mean, could you pick the the thing up, though, to throw it? I mean... Yeah, right. Now, now, to be fair, at least... At least the PlayStation 5 looks like that futuristic Wi-Fi router from 2010 that everybody thought was going to be the thing. Uh, the Xbox Series X. It looks like a fridge. I'm not saying I like that more personally. Yeah, I want it to be sleek and small. I don't want it to like. I want it to be like something that blends. Like especially if I'm sitting in my living room, right, and I'm putting that up. If I put which one's going to be easier to set up on your like um, your entertainment center, the Xbox Series X or the weird looking PlayStation? You know that's quite true. I uh, I'll have to send you a picture later. I've got the PlayStation Five on my entertainment center next to my TV. I have a 55-inch TV, and this thing comes two-thirds of the way up the TV. I believe it. So, but yeah, so that's my hot take on the PlayStation 5. Definitely worth it. I really enjoy it. What a hot take. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Hot take. What Sony's selling you is actually good. Too bad you can't buy one. You know, like, and this is this is something that they kind of did with the PS4, and everybody's gonna, and everybody in Sony is gonna say this is, oh well, we just weren't ready for the demand, and it's oh, all crap. <laughs> they did this with the PS. The, if you remember back in like, I want to say it was like 2012, 2013, uh, they did this exact same thing when with the launch of the PlayStation, uh, where they just kind of sat on all their stock, and made everybody want to get one forever and then yeah. we just like dumped it and what what because i remember this when i worked at gamestop is we had this like just microsoft did not spare any like we just had tons of xbox ones right and then we only got like four ps4s and so it made the it created this like illusion that oh well nobody wants the xbox one they're selling out of the playstation 4 well nobody knows that we were sent like two right like and this is the same thing that's kind of happening with this right and so it's like artificially inflating demand it's brilliant marketing oh yes Um, but that's like when people are like i can't believe that they're mishandling it like this and i'm like they have done this now three times in a row this is not an accident this is very much on purpose there's uh i actually saw today there's a twitch streamer i follow his uh his username is link is seven uh he's known for basically zelda speed running that's his thing he's the world record holder for uh wind waker especially wind waker hd and he ordered a ps5 within an hour 
of it being announced on launch day directly from Sony. And he just, uh, or no, it's from, I'm sorry, it was, uh, I think it was from Sony, yeah. Uh, but anyway, he got an email today saying, hey, sorry, your order's been delayed till May. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw like Hassan Piker, who does, I, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's just a little streaming. bit. Um, he was on that AOC, uh, twitch stream where they were playing among yes yes um he um he's been crying about it on twitter for like the past week or two because somehow his best buy order didn't process correctly (laughs) so i i've just been watching everybody so i have like a handful of friends like you and i have a buddy here in lincoln who got one and then like i see all these like people and the strange thing is is it's people with all this influence right who are like the streamers and the youtubers and all that who are like oh i can't get a hold of one and i'm like yeah (laughs) you're the people i expect to get on this no exactly like me and you to get that stuff immediately it it made me mad i saw one of the bigger tech channels on youtube they actually Mm -hmm. got one and they went we got this and now we're going to destroy it and, you know, just, like, show you the insides. I'm like, dude, it's not a freaking iPhone, like, you know, where they send you three of them. Like, <laughs> you, I you got say, one. <laughs> wasn't it, it might have been H3H3 who did that video on those, like, tech destruction channels years ago. Yeah. That's, like, I will always think that's just, or no, 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 it wasn't H3H3. It was iDubs who did that. Oh, was it? Yeah. I want to say it was I H three might have done a video on it. I don't know. They all kind of blur together at a certain (laughs) point, right? It's kind of like how it's kind of like how Danny Gonzalez and Drew Gooden and Gus Johnson, all those guys, start to blur together after a certain point. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail (laughs) you. I don't think you derailed it. I think it was a good ending to a good segment. So uh, next, we're going to move forward into the Legend of Zelda ranking. So uh, if you don't know, and chances are you don't, The Legend of Zelda is my absolute favorite video game series, which is really hard because I love Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, Ratchet, basically platformers. I like platformers and adventure games. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but and, and so be, The Legend of Zelda series as a whole has a consistent quality to it that very few other series have. Because almost like the... With, with like two exceptions, when we'll get to those real fast, almost every game in the series is at least good. Is it is the one consistent thing their inconsistent art direction? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Ocarina Let's go, of Time. Uh, Let's go know, realistic. Now Wind you know, Waker. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I was like, you know what we should do right after the fun, cartoony pirate one? A hyper-realistic Dark Zelda series. Heck yeah. I was like, right. it, it, it is one of the most tonally inconsistent series of all time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it, it really is. It is the and most like, Japanese and I, thing. I, and I was going to say, like, the only thing that's really left is, like, the full-scale anime Legend of Zelda. But Wind Waker really started pushing that direction, so with their cartoon right. art style, which I love, by the way. So, anyway, all that to say is that I have my definitive personal ranking of all 20 main legends of zelda games is this and your like clickbait title the definitive yes, legend the of definitive zelda. yeah and, <laughs> and here's the thing people are going to get ticked off no matter what with this sort of thing because it's never going to be in the right order for every person so here's my caveats 
First of all, I'm counting remasters with the original game. So, for example, Wind Waker and Wind Waker HD, they're essentially the same game with, like, one little tweak and a fresh coat of paint. So that's the same thing. Remakes are not, and Link's Awakening is the only one that really fits that title. Uh, because the Switch version is so drastically different from the Game Boy version that I kind of felt like I needed to split them off. Uh, secondly, I tried to make a balance in this ranking between my personal favorites and the impact that a game has had on the series. So, for example, if this was just which games I enjoyed playing the most, A Link to the Past would not be as high up as it is because I just haven't played it as much as the others. But it's a legendary game. It's incredibly fun. And so I'm not going to dock it because, well, I didn't play it as much as a kid. You know, it's it's what made Zelda Zelda to start. That and Ocarina. <laughs> uh, and finally, almost every game on the list is great and it's worth playing. And I think that's a testament to the series that even the worst games are at least good. Again, with a couple exceptions. So what's this, your opinion? So uh, the real question then is where you rank the Zelda game and watch. That the is Zelda the real game. question. <laughs> I would put it in honorable mentions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do. I do have an honorable mentions and a dishonorable mention. <laughs> I'm going to be very disappointed when you get to that and Zelda game and watch is not on there. Just for the record. <laughs> well, in honor of Caleb, we will add it on. <laughs> Which I will totally forget because it's not in my notes. <laughs> Have you seen uh, the um, the, the CDI games? Yeah, they're terrible. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the um, are you familiar with Brian David or Brian um, from? Wow, I am blanking so hard <laughs> right now. Holy crap! Um, after the pressure. <laughs> look this up no not it's, it's Brian. somebody Brian. who did a thing with something so uh and also while he's looking that up oh, just so you know, unraveled with there it is oh yeah yeah with uh brian david gilbert man why was i blanking on that so hard <laughs> yeah have you seen that unraveled where he's like solved the zelda timeline yes yes i have <laughs> i love that video <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get a list from you after the show, just things I need to watch or go back and watch. Okay. Uh, so Zelda Monopoly fixes everything. Da, da, da. <laughs> okay, and, and finally, here, here's the thing. We're only counting canonical games here. So we'll, we'll touch on some of the others right at the end, but like, I'm sorry to say that Hyrule Warriors is not canonical, so it's not in this top 20 list. <laughs> so all that to say, here we go. So coming in... Dead last at number 20 for me is The Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. Did you see this game when it came out? Okay, so... Are, are you aware it exists? I am. <laughs> so for context, I am not a big Zelda person. That is true. Um, I think it is fine. It is not for me. Yep. Um. I have tried it a lot and I have some favorites in it and there are like some that I love. Yeah. Um, but like it is, I, I don't know a lot about the series. Nope. I, I am aware of Triforce Heroes and isn't that the, the GameCube one? Um, or is that the one that was on the, this was the 3DS. 
This one's oh, 3DS. Oh, oh, that one. Yeah, and okay. now you know why I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who don't know, God bless you. Uh, this is a canonical game in the series where Drink Link goes to this random town, has to rescue some princess. It's not Zelda, so who knows who it is. And gets to dress up in all these different costumes. And that's the whole big thing. Fashion is the driving force of this game. And the fact that you need three people to play it, realistically, to play it well. It's just bad. So number 20, dead last. Uh, who? Triforce Heroes. Who decided that, you know what we should do on our, our, on our DF <laughs> You know that thing that's really, really hard to con like connect with other people and you really only play on the go by yourself? Yeah. What if we make a game that it, you can only really effectively play if there's two other people involved? Yeah, it's terrible. And, and, and all the characters move independently. So if you play the single player mode, you have to move one person and switch over, move the others. At least with like four swords, you could control all right. four at once. Well, and that was the thing like with four swords was like the, and I, I know you're going to get to it. Four swords is fun. Four swords yes. is really fun. Yes. Which actually we're going to get to it quite immediately because 19 on my list is four swords for the Game Boy Advance. Okay. Now, to was be Force fair, Forge Adventures, the one that was on the GameCube, it is okay, and that one is significantly higher up than this one. Okay, so they're both kind of the same. You have four links, you got to take on Bati, who was made bigger later on in Minish Cap. Uh, but the thing was that you could play with up to four other people connected and have a Zelda adventure because Link got split to four or whatever. Uh, I like this game. I ranked it so low because it's not really a game in its own right. The, the original Four Swords was included as a pack-in on the Game Boy Advance release of A Link to the Past. So it was kind of just thrown on in the box and Four Swords, you know. So I docked at that, that it was it was a full game in its own right, but it wasn't really. So, And I think that uh, Four Swords Adventure later on did a lot of, of the things better. It suffers from the same like Triforce Heroes thing, right? Where it's like, yeah. here's this mobile game. Go ahead and play it with your friends with this cord that you have to spend $100 on. Exactly. Like, honestly, it's a ploy to buy Game Game Boy connectors. And, and so was Four Swords Adventures, to be fair. That one, you just had to buy the connectors and link them to the GameCube. But <laughs> Yeah, but like Four Swords Adventures, like you could still play that with just a GameCube, couldn't you? You could. It could. And it was... It was still fun to play yeah. with one person. So the final of my three games that I just don't think are good in the series, Four Swords getting docked because it's not really a full game in my opinion. I think that's a hot take. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link on the NES. This game is hot garbage. I don't know if this is a hot take or not for context. I know that Four Swords is people like that game. Oh, yes. Uh, Four Swords, that's a hot take. This one, not quite as much. Uh, so basically what we've got here is uh, a link, uh, The Adventure of Link, Legend of Zelda takes off, does exceedingly well, and then Nintendo does as Nintendo does and goes, let's completely change everything. So oh, they made it. a time thing happens. Where like, uh, oh no, this is the, is this the one where he like dies or something? Th this is the one where it's all 2D and flat, Link can jump. It's like an old NES RPG. That's right. And it gives you literally no direction on where to go in the game. Just none. You just pop in and you're like, okay, time to stop Ganon from coming back. And you need 
an online walkthrough to figure out just what to do in the game in general. Hmm. It's bad. It is so bad. And I think it's bad enough that if A Link to the Past wasn't the next one in the series, it would have killed off everything. So these next few we're going to go through a bit quicker so we don't spend uh, 40 minutes on this. Number 17, I have Link's Awakening and Link's Awakening DX, the Game Boy Color remake. This game came out on the Game Boy originally. It's a great game. It's a lot of fun. But it was on the Game Boy, the original (laughs) one. Like, it's, you get what you get. And I think that the DX version helped a little bit, but it's still an early Game Boy title trying to figure out how to do Legend of Zelda well. Right. Uh, And 16 and 15 go paired together because it is Oracle of Ages at 16 and Oracle of Seasons at 15. So I don't know if you remember this, but these two games came out together at the same time and Mm -hmm. kind of pulled a Pokemon where you had two games that went together. Except for they told two different parts of the same story. So Ages was more puzzle-based that lets you time travel. You never see that in a Zelda game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Seasons lets you change seasons, but it was a lot more action-based. I think it was really cool that they had two games that built on each other and you needed both to kind of fully beat it. Uh, And that it wasn't the same game. It's not like Pokemon Red and Blue where you beat the same game twice to get a few different Pokemon. So Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool. But that's the the bottom five. The next one's pretty quick is Spirit Tracks for the DS. Uh, That was the end of the Wind Waker saga, though it didn't have that same link. It was a lot of fun. I actually enjoy this game. I appreciate it because it lets Princess Zelda kind of out of her castle for once and actually gives her an active role in the game. What I don't like about it is that the travel is literally on rails. It's spirit tracks. You have a train. You have to stay on train tracks to travel. The Wind Waker saga is such a roller coaster ride. It is. (laughs) It is the weirdest. It's good. Wind Waker's fine. Okay. I don't love Wind Waker for the record. Like when I I recognize it as a good game, but like, I just can't hang. Um, Yeah. But like, the funny thing for me is just how, like, the storytelling. They're just like, yeah, do that. That'll yeah. be weird. What do we do next? Ah, put them on a train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, a great sequel to your, you know, it'd be like if in Pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. they were just like, you know what we should make as the sequel to Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> Let's put Jack Sparrow on a freaking train. <laughs> okay. that's what everyone was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> so so we that spirit tracks the game itself is actually a lot of fun uh i think they improved the controls over the other ds game phantom hourglass a good bit but the fact that the majority of your game's world is literally an on rails experience like it just takes a lot of the fun out of it still a good game 13 we finally get the four swords adventures I don't think this game is this far down because it necessarily deserves it. I think it's this far down because there's so many other good or bigger games above it. <laughs> okay. But like we said before, uh, it plays really well on your own. If I was going to redo this list a little bit farther down the line, I might bump it up a couple spots. But for now, it kind of sits at 13 for me. Okay. And 12 is that other DS game, Phantom Hourglass. The motion, the stylus controls are, they're all right. 
but the story is actually pretty fun and it does actually directly continue off of where Wind Waker left off. So there's at least a little bit of continuity there. Rather, where Spirit Tracks just goes, in a hundred years in the future, there's another <laughs> kid in green, you know. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's that's number 12. Number 11 is going to be my first real hot take of this thing. Number 11 is Majora's Mask. It is way down on the list for Are me. you Did kidding it make me? the top 10. I'm not. That is, well, that is a really hot take. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear this. All right, so I expect some backlash. Now, the first off, I will say this wasn't a huge game for me when I was younger. The whole three days at a time loop didn't really click for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, I recognize that I appreciate Nintendo did something different with this game. And they did it well. Like, the Majora's Mask imagery is still iconic today. However, like, the looping time mechanics did the same thing over and over. It didn't really appeal to me all that much. Uh, and I just don't think it's as good as the other nine games on the, uh, the other ten games that are left on this list for one reason or another. Uh, with with the exception of the original Legend of Zelda, which is obviously above it, but I listed that one up there just for its classic. Like it's a classic game; it started it all. It deserves to be in top ten. But Majora's Mask was just recycled assets from Ocarina of Time while they were working on the next one, and they did a good job with it. It just wasn't. It didn't oh, really I hate hit this right take so hard. <laughs> I hate this so hard. It didn't hard. hit right. Majora's Mask is a masterpiece. That game is a masterpiece. Now, what I'm going to say here is I need to revisit it in 2020 and mm-hmm. give it a proper chance again. The The whole thing with Majora's Mask. Okay. I, I could see how, like, as a kid, Majora's Mask is kind of hard to really deal with because of it's kind of a dark game. It is. It is Um, very dark. It is uh, Zelda for emo kids. Like it is. Yeah. (laughs) But like one of the things I really like about Majora's mask and like, so, okay. I, I know everybody loves Ocarina of time and I know it's like technically the better game. I like Majora's mask more Mm -hmm. um, just because it's like, it's a more interesting story. Mm-hmm. And it's like the game, the gameplay is kind of fascinating to me as somebody who doesn't really care for the Legend of Zelda style gameplay to begin with. Yeah. Um, the whole like. So like when I play games, I'm very motivated by like the story, which is probably why I don't latch on to Zelda really hard. Yeah. Um, and the story of Majora's Mask, in my opinion, is just much more compelling than it is in Ocarina mm-hmm. of Time. The whole idea of, I just saved the world and time. What do I do now? That, like, yeah. existential crisis thing. Which, um, which to be fair, uh, The Wind Waker paired with Phantom Hourglass is the only other game to even broach that subject, and it doesn't handle it in that same way. Yeah, Majora's Mask just handles it in such an interesting way. Um, And it's just like, I don't know, to me, Majora's Mask is just like, and I get what you're saying, like, it's just an extension of Ocarina of Time. But like, you're putting that lower than like A Link Between Worlds? Yes, actually. That is a hot take. I, interesting. I love The Link Between Worlds. (laughs) But, uh, like I said, that one could bump up a little bit. 
there is one game that's higher than it on this list that I think it would probably switch places with if I gave you it a Twilight good chance. Princess. I'm coming, I'm driving it's, to Canada. It's not, it's not Twilight Princess. Uh, it's it's Skyward Sword, which is obviously above and on 100 the list. You, and you I, think and Skyward I, Sword is better than Majora's Mask? At the second. At the Get second. out of I will say I'm willing to change that if I play it and it really strikes me the right way. Also, you... Scott, we're, we're going to get to Skyward Sword in a second, and I have my faults with it. But the story for Skyward Sword, it does actually do a good job at setting up everything that comes after it. Man, I, I yes, but... But I, I would probably, if I played Majora's Mask again, just at bare minimum enjoyed it, I would probably flip it with Skyward Sword. But where I was when I ranked these, that's where it landed. I am still triggered from playing <laughs> Skyward Sword and having to use those stupid Wii remotes. Oh, I hated that. Like yeah. I, I that that to me makes it like one of the worst Zelda games personally. Because I'm just like, listen, if you hey Nintendo, Skyward Sword's a really cool, like the story, like you said, the story is really cool. The problem for me is is you can't pay me enough money to play with that Wii remote. Yeah. Um, so like if you make it onto the switch, I'll pick it up. Just yeah. don't make me move my arms, please. Exactly. Like, that That is a game that is prime for a switch remake. Yeah. So but, that's where Majora's mask is. That's a very hot take. Like I said, that's where some of the personal preference came into it for me. Man. Well, and, and also they, they never did anything else with that idea. Yeah, but that's not, that, I mean, that's just kind of like a hallmark of the Legend of Zelda, right? Like it, that, That's true, that's true. But, and, and I think you said something really important. It just plays differently than the rest of the series. It does. Which is why you like it so much. And I really like the core gameplay of Zelda. Well, that's, that's what, I mean, my two favorite Zelda games are Majora's Mask and twilight princess and i don't yes. know if you notice a theme there yeah um, the dark ones yeah part of why i like that and i don't mean to hold this up i'm sorry no no um, no no it's okay part of why i like those ones is because they're the ones that felt like they grew up with the audience yeah um and it, this that's is true and and this is one of the things that i've always kind of held that legend of zelda had this in kind of they are kind of taking it on now um had this opportunity to grow up with their audience like harry potter did um yeah. with twilight princess and then they like backtracked really hard on it yeah yeah um, <laughs> and like if they had kind of gone the direction of twilight princess more i probably would have hopped on the um that's fair it, it, it's, it's not fair that the next major game after twilight princess was skyward sword it's That's like a complete not right. <laughs> well, I mean, the tonal shift. If you're you're talking about just the the main console the, releases, like the straight up main one, just the console releases, <laughs> you go from Wind Waker on the GameCube to fan or to Twilight Princess on the GameCube in the Wii, and then you go to Skyward Sword on the Wii. I mean, that is some tonal inconsistency. Yes, well, yes. It, it really is. And I get so, people like that, but nah. So all that being said, here's the top 10 
which would be subject to change. I'd be interested to revisit this briefly in six months and see where things pan out after I revisit a few things. Number 10 is Legend of Zelda NES. There's games that are far better than it, but it it deserves its spot just for how much it started and how much of that gameplay actually did carry on throughout the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Like, there are very few games that Nintendo didn't make that you go back to game number one and so many of those themes and everything like that carried all the way through. Like, over 30-some years. Like, we're coming up on, what, 35 years now? Something like that. Yeah, so that's why it's made the top 10. There's better games, but it Mm -hmm. was a start. Number nine is the Link's Awakening remake on the Switch. I did not realize how much I would enjoy that game until I played it modernized. But it is a fun game. The story is weird. Let's go wake the wind fish. Go to this egg. The story's weird as all get out. There's Goombas in it. I don't know why they're there. But it is a legitimately fun 3D, like 2, 2D technically, but like 2.5D Zelda game. Yeah, I just can't hang with the art direction. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. But the gameplay, the gameplay is fun. And it's so much better than playing it on that tiny Game Boy screen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like, I never gave it the proper chance it deserved back when I was a kid. Because, you know, and and plus the original one was in black and white, remember? So you have black Mm -hmm. and white pixelated dude trying to figure out where the wind fish is. Like, good grief. Right. Number eight is Skyward Sword. Uh, That's probably the one that's most subject to change in this whole list. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just... The story was good. It's supposed to be a celebration of Zelda's 25 years, the start of everything. For lore, it's good. For actual gameplay, uh, the Wii remote broke it all. You know what? (laughs) I will not criticize this this placement on on this list Mm -hmm. for one reason and And one reason only. And that was the freaking disc that came with it, the soundtrack disc that they did. Oh, (laughs) yes. I have listened to that thing so many times. It, it's it's amazing. It's so good. Also, this did not affect the placement on the list, but I happen to get the collector's edition with the golden Wiimote, mm-hmm. and that is still my main Wiimote to this day. So whenever I, you know, once a year break out something that would use it. <laughs> Dust off the Wii. And- exactly. <laughs> oh, Mario Galaxy. Oh, wait, we got that on the Switch now. No graphical update. It's just on the switch. No, no, it's just on. It's just on. Yeah. Uh, number seven is the Minish Cap. I don't think this game gets the respect it deserves. I don't think people hate on it. I just think people forget it exists. And it was one of the games they gave to Capcom on the Game Boy Advance. And I love this game. Like if it was games I played the most, it would be in like number five. But it, that's not what we're ranking this off of. But I loved that game <laughs> so much. I felt they killed it. They kept the tone and everything consistent. And it was one of the few games on the Game Boy Advance that felt like a sprawling adventure to me. Like, it was bigger than the platform it was on. Mm -hmm. So, number six, this is where I dropped the link between worlds. I enjoyed the game. And I don't know if a lot of that was just nostalgia for Link to the Past. But I really enjoyed a link between worlds. I don't like how they did the items. Well, I, I'm split on that. Because the items, if you don't know in that game, you, you start the game, you know, 
you, you win, you lose, whatever happens. And you go back to your house and this random dude has set up shop in your living room. It was like, hey, I'll rent you all these weapons. And it's the items you traditionally find in the dungeons. Mm-hmm. What that means is you can rent the items and go tackle the world in any order. I love that and I hate that because of the openness it gives it. And it's kind of a very distant precursor to Breath of the Wild in the sense that it lets you tackle things in whatever order you want. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, the other Zelda games are known for building off of each thing. Like you get this item and then you go here and it builds a new concept on it. So it was different, but it's also pretty cool for just actually opening up the world a bit. Right. So top five. This is where it gets really hard. Number five for me was A Link to the Past. Okay. It's a classic game. It's incredible. It had to be in the top five. And it is the best of the best of the 2D Zeldas. But I just think the 3D games were able to do so much more. And they killed it. So that is why it is so low. Number four is Twilight Princess. And that hurts me. Because I had a hard time placing four and three, which is number three is Wind Waker as a spoiler, because these games hold similar places for me. Mm -hmm. I put Wind Waker above it only because I played it a bit more. But these two games to me are really hard to rip apart because they're just so good. As far as art style and tone is concerned, they couldn't be farther apart. But they both kind of take the same place in Zelda history. They are direct sequels to ocarina of time in some way mm-hmm. uh twilight different timelines different timelines but tw- and also i don't know why i think that wind waker is actually the darker future of the two for as bright as it is because it's just like in the hero never came back so the gods had to drown everyone like yeah. if anything deserves the dark tone that twilight princess got it's wind waker <laughs> yeah it's very <laughs> Wind Waker's hilarious because Wind Waker gives you this impression that it's like this bright, cheery game, but it's actually kind of depressing. Yeah, it, it is. It's very depressing, but they just do it in such a slapstick way. It's also the only game where Ganon gets to backhand a kid across the room. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so which leaves us with two games left. Number two is Ocarina of Time. It's legendary. It's the one that started all. I can't say it's the one I played the most or enjoyed the story of the most, but it set the path for everything else that came. And the fact that most of the later Zelda games didn't deviate from it all too much and were still that enjoyable, I think says a lot in and of itself, uh, except for the Water Temple. Mm-hmm. Number one, Breath of the Wild. Uh, just the way that they managed to completely recreate Zelda... For a new generation, make a truly open world. I love everything about Breath of the Wild except the dungeons. So I haven't really got a chance to play this game. Yeah. Um, I want to. Yes. But like, I, run, love it. I run into this thing where I like video. Video games are weird for me because like, I have to really adore it. Fair enough, fair enough. So, like, if I, if I get into a game, and you know this, like, the way I play video games, I get into it, and I'm like, three or four hours into it, I'm not digging it. Oh, yeah. Um, I just dip. 
so that's like for me, and everybody's like, oh, it's so good. And I'm just like, I mean, I know, but like, just to be straight with you, I have to force myself to finish Skyrim. Yeah. Like, I, those are games that, you know, I had to push myself to finish. Like, I, I am a, uh, which kind of ironic, my favorite game of all time is Persona 5, which is like the slowest game oh, ever. Oh, it is. But, um, yeah, I just haven't got a chance to play this one. I know it's good. <laughs> it's it's so good. It changed so much. I'm really excited to see Breath of the Wild 2. Because I have a feeling they're going to be able to take the things that made games like Ocarina and Twilight Princess great and merge them in more fully. Mm-hmm. It, it honestly looks like, and I've seen a lot of theories about this online, deuce like Zeltic talking, Breath of the Wild 2 seems to be a spiritual, tonal, story-related sequel to Twilight Princess. Very, very clearly seems linked to Twilight Princess more than any of the others. So isn't Breath of the Wild supposed to be like merging all the timelines back into one? That's the big theory right now, yes. It has elements of all the timelines in it, so I would say yes. But I thought Nintendo made something that it did, like officially said that it did. Uh, you know, I think they did. I think they all kind of come back into Breath of the Wild. Which, to be fair, is probably really smart from a marketing standpoint to streamline yeah. your timeline. Um, just ask X-Men about how well that works out. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, like, anything, I, don't, like, I don't know if you've seen the, the teaser trailer for Breath of the Wild 2. Go watch it after this if you have it. But it is weird. It gets dark real fast in a way that you would thoroughly enjoy in Twilight Princess sense. Mm-hmm. But like you get there and you see what is obviously the mummified corpse of Ganondorf there with the stab through the heart that, spoiler alert, he gets at the end of Twilight Princess. And just all this dark energy coming out and fighting back against the light. It's it's pretty legit. So I'm excited. Maybe it'll come out sometime between before 2030. So is is Legend of Zelda like trying to be like big grown up boy fantasy now? I think so. I think so. Or at the very least, it, it you know it feels that the trailer for Breath of the Wild two felt the closest to Twilight Princess and Majora's Mask in its theme, which means you'd probably enjoy it. It feels like they're at some level like taking the story seriously instead of like not caring like there, there there was clearly a period of time where this nobody really cared about the story right or they were just like like let's pump them out you know like <laughs> I'll just throw ganon in there yeah um and it was more about the gameplay yes um now yeah. there's they're shifting back to the story in a big way and it's so- interesting because of the switch because of it being this like modal console um, it really opens them up to really do a lot, be really flexible with that too. Yeah, it, it does. They do a lot with it. Honestly, I think the Switch was the perfect platform to do this on. I see where they were trying to do it with the Wii U. The Wii U was just poorly executed in every way. No. So that is our top 20 list. Well, mine, I'm not speaking for Caleb here. But before we move on, I have a couple things. Honorable mentions. These are good games that don't fit in the timeline. Hyrule Warriors, I'm assuming Age of Calamity from what I've seen in Playdol so far, and Cadence of Hyrule. Good games. Dishonorable mentions. All three CDI games. 
you never should have existed. And my final category is that existed question mark, which includes Link's Crossbow Adventure, which I have, Tingle's Bloom Fight DS, and freshly picked Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. These Literally are all, all games the, like, that exist. <laughs> all the Tingle's games, you can just kind of go, one, why is this a character? Two, why yeah. does this character have a spinoff? Yes. Um, well, and why does he have two of them? Yeah. like Why does he have two? Like, the DS was, like, prime real estate for Tingle, apparently. But, dude, you we're talking about Nintendo here. Like, they are, they are not afraid of just pumping out stuff. You know, they're not. They're not. You know, they, they, they won't give us Metroid Prime 4, but there's, like, three Metroid Prime spinoffs on the DS, and two of them are pinball. Like, you know. And they'll give <laughs> Mario, like, 40 trillion games, and then, like, four of them are good. Yeah. Who knew that Mario was so adept at so many different sports in all of his free time? Yeah. <laughs> well, that is our Legend of Zelda list. Uh, our third segment is usually quick news, but there was nothing quick about that list. So I only have one piece of news for you this week. Baby Yoda is in space. If you saw just a few days ago, the, Dragon, the SpaceX Dragon launched. Uh, it was a big deal. It was the first time that a private... Uh, Space Company launched with people in it. NASA's thrilled because they don't have to keep bumming rides off of Russia now, but they yeah. went to space. And so apparently they take a zero-G indicator of some time, and these are often goofy things. It's just something they leave unstrapped in the cockpit, and when they break free of Earth's gravity, it starts floating, and they all go, yay, we're in space. So they took Baby Yoda, a plushie this time. That has nothing to do with games. I just feel like everybody needs to know that Baby Yoda is in space. I am wearing a Baby Yoda shirt at this very moment. Um, so. You are not wearing a Baby Yoda shirt. You are wearing a The Child shirt. Sorry. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> for for all can, of our true believers. <laughs> not, not to go too off topic, can we discuss the weird freaking Mandalorian uh, story arc that they just got done with? No, <laughs> because I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh, I, Jeremy! I know, I know. <laughs> the last two episodes of I've only seen the first episode of the season or the series of the freaking series. I missed it, dude. And I've, I've also avoided spoilers so far, so I'm going to marathon that thing. Like, this okay, weekend. well, not to spoil anything for you, right? Right, but. The, the 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 last two episodes. People who are listening to this will who watch will know what I'm talking about. And Baby Yoda does some of the weirdest things, and it's just bizarre and weird. And I'm not sure <laughs> who in the writing room thought that was a good idea, um, but it happened, and it was strange. <laughs> God, you need to watch this. So I, can I do. Talk to you about I do. It. I don't know how I have it. I love it. I love yeah, Star Wars I'm... so much. I love everything about The Mandalorian. I just haven't seen it. It's such a good show. <laughs> it's so good. It, I, I know it is. I'm excited for it. So uh, our final segment for today is about viral games. So uh, we, we live in a time in a world now where things go viral all the time. We have you know everything from Vine to TikTok. Things have been going viral for a long time. But games have been in a way that's different than they used to be. Because like... You know, the the last few viral games were like all shooters and like almost all battle royales. 
And then things started changing, it seemed a bit recently. You had this game called Fall Guys pop out of nowhere and take over everything for, for a like weeks. a week. Yeah, for like <laughs> a week. But it was amazing for that one week for the people who played it. I played it once. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. It just didn't keep my attention. And I we'll saw it was like that. the free game on like PS, like for PlayStation Plus at one point. I never downloaded it. I wish yes. I had. Yeah, and well, I went, I went, this is great because it's a multiplayer game. It's a battle royale in a sense, mm -hmm. but it does involve running around and shooting and all that stuff. It's just, you know, wipe out with jelly beans. Right. Nothing wrong with that. And then we had a little thing called Among Us pop up. God, I love that game. Which, which, by the way, came out like, what, 2018? And we all missed it for it's two years. It's been out for like two years. Yeah, they were getting ready to, they, they were getting ready to finish up Among Us and release Among Us 2. And they scrapped that, and they're taking all the content they had made for this new game, and they're going to put it back into Among Us 1 now that it has this huge player base. Among Us just kind of blew up. Like, I never heard about it. And then, like, a bunch of people... So I'm in a, a Discord group for the Spike Feeders, which is a com competitive EDH channel, really big one. Mm -hmm. And they just, like, at one point, I don't remember when, they started streaming Among Us all the time um, with, like, different people from the discord and i was like what the heck is this game so i got it it was like five bucks and i started streaming it with them and this game is amazing it's so much fun it, it is and it, it, I, I don't want to say it looks so terrible or crappy it actually has a really cute fun quality to it but it's just this little game that blew up out of nowhere and then you know next thing you know it's becoming a pretty key point in the presidential election we don't really get political here but uh that twitch stream that AOC put on was the third most watched one in Twitch history for an individual person or a collab. Like it was huge. Well, so... in, in <laughs> one of the things that I thought was really cool about that was it was kind of she. Okay. So, and not to get on her politics and I'm not right, going to talk right. about her politics. I'm going to talk just from the fact that she freaking gets campaigning. Mm -hmm. um, and like, Regardless of how you feel about her, that was the best campaign event anybody has ever done. Oh, I agree with that. She got the young she got young people so excited just from that. Yeah. And because it was like three and a half hours of her, Ilhan Omar, and then like a bunch of Twitch streamers like Pokimane and all these people. Um Gus Johnson was on it at one point. Yeah. Oh, um, was Gus in that? I didn't know. Yeah, that. Gus was on it at the very tail end. Ah, okay. Um But like all these people are on it and like it's just them being them. They're not talking policy. They're not talking anything. They're just sitting there going, go out and vote. And I'm just going to sit here and have fun for three and a half hours and be myself. And it's yeah. the best the ad people. for anybody. So I love that. And then there's a third game that's gone viral a bit more recently. Not quite to the same extent, but Phasmophobia. If you haven't seen this game, you're basically the pre-Ghostbusters. I am uh, the pre-Ghostbusters. I have no idea what this, this game is. I keep hearing so, about it. So this game, it was actually one dude has created it. The development studio is one dude. It's the first game he's ever done. He put this game into uh, early access on Steam, and it exploded. So basically what happens is you are paranormal investigators. So you know how the Ghostbusters come in, and they bust the ghosts and capture them and you know all that stuff? You're like the people who go in before them. So you go into a haunted house, and preferably a team of four, and you have to determine, based off of clues, what type of a ghost or spirit or whatever you're dealing with. The game is in first person. It was actually developed where you could play it on VR. 
Uh, either way you play it, it is terrifying. So you're going through, you have like, if you're playing on the basic mode, you have a five minute timer to go in and start investigating. You're looking for things like, uh, can I see my breath or is there freezing temperatures? If I throw this ghost book on the ground, is something going to write in it? Uh, you take like this uh, spirit box, you walk in a room, close the door, start asking questions and it might answer you or, you know, just bum rush you out the corner, who knows? But after that timer is up, the ghost starts hunting occasionally. So you have to figure out which type of spirit it is and, you know, fulfill some bonus objectives and get out of Dodge before it kills all of you. This, the fact that, like, one dude developed this, and then, like, one dude developed Undertale, and then <laughs> doesn't one dude develop, um, uh, what's it, um, what's the farming game I'm thinking of? Stardew? Um, Stardew Valley. There's, yeah, like, yeah. one dude who makes Stardew Valley. And it's just, like, I see all these games where people are doing this, and I'm just like, holy crap. Yeah, and he didn't expect this to be huge, especially not for a, you know, uh, well, early yeah, does. And suddenly he has, you know, 700,000 copies sold, and, you know, there's glitches. It's not a perfect game, but he's fixing them pretty quick and starting to add in new co content. No, I mean, to be fair, like, nobody thought, like, Stardew Valley would blow up. Nobody thought Undertale would blow up. Fair enough. The guy who didn't make that game was like, I'm going to make the next classic game. Yeah. You know, like... Sometimes it so, just happens. <laughs> so these these games have all, for one reason or another, exploded. And what I want to talk about for these last few minutes is why have they exploded, especially in the time that they have, and what do they need to do to stick around? Or in one game's case, Fall Guys, what did they do wrong? So, so uh, go ahead. <laughs> the Fall Guys is really easy. Fall Guys, yeah. you aren't playing. You aren't really playing with your friends, right? I think that's like, really key. It's you're playing in this like group of like a hundred people you don't know anybody and like yeah you can play with your friends but like it's not you in a group yeah. right Among Us and Phasmophobia is really cool because everybody gets in a Discord group and then you go play you all log in and play the game and then you're it's a fun group activity and and for those who aren't familiar with Among Us if you've ever played Secret Hitler it's basically that. Yeah. Um, when you really boil it down, it is secret Hitler with like some added stuff to it. Yeah. Um, secret Hitler where you get to take out the trash, you know, <laughs> well, and kill the other kill the, what is it? The, the, it's like fascist and socialist, right? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and so like, it, it's interesting, um, because the, what, what you're seeing is this proliferation of like games that are social, mm -hmm. um, but not like wow social, not like yeah, Fortnite yeah. social. We're talking like five to six, maybe ten people get together yeah. and we all play in a group. And it's it's kind of the same way like why like Jackbox has so much staying power, right? Oh yeah. Um, and that's I mean, especially in this time where nobody can get together and play like party games together. Yeah. People doing need community. Yeah, and this and you could play this on your phone. Uh, I don't know for Phasmophobia, but I Phasmophobia know you can... is PC. But okay, still. so like Among Us, you can pick it up on your phone. Um, you can play it on PC or phone. Um, yeah, yeah. And you just get in a Discord group, and then you mute yourself for as long as it's going until somebody calls a meeting. Yeah, it's so much fun. And and even like even for Phasmophobia too, like I I didn't mention this, but one of the really cool features of it is that you don't talk in Discord; you talk in the game. Mm -hmm. because it uses speech recognition. 
-hmm. The ghost hears what you're saying. If you say its name, it gets pissed off. If it hears you getting scared, uh, it starts hunting more. And like it has like a global chat and also like a local, like you're talking through a radio. So what I think that these two games do really well is that sense of community. Like I, you know, there's nothing wrong with Call of Duty Warzone or Fortnite, but there's not really a true social aspect to it. Like, you, you know, you have your squad and you can talk and chat, but, you know, unless you're, you know, a YouTube content creator that likes making jokes with his friends, you're usually going, okay, we need to go around this building. You set up over there. I see an enemy over the hill. Like, it's not really bonding time in, in the game. Right. When you're playing Among Us, like, yeah, you're quiet for half of it, but it's that connection, talking back and forth, arguing, trying to lie, deceive. That's what keeps it going. In Phasmophobia, it's that connection back and forth, talking to people that keeps it going. I saw a, uh, a game. It was uh, a streamer called What If Julia. She hopped in with another guy. And then Brendan Yuri. Somehow, Oh, I saw that. Yeah, the dudes playing with new Brendan Yuri, and they just clicked like they never met before in real life mm -hmm. obviously but just being able to play the game talk through that sort of thing have that constant connection right uh especially like you know phasmophobia you're on the same team you're working together among mm -hmm. us eight of you are on the same team and working together and among the other, us and the other two still are with themselves among us is hilarious because among us is like this weird so this is going to sound kind of bad, but it's like a good, it's like training in how one, how to gaslight really good. <laughs> that is terrible, but that it's is also true. training on how to like pick up on gaslighting. Yeah. Um, this is how to not be a friend and know if you're being literally a bad like, friend. dude, there were, there are games in that game where you'll, and I, in like seeing the term, but you'll just straight up try to convince people like, no, you didn't see me do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Why are you bringing it? Why are you pointing the finger at me? And yeah. it's like, it's, it is literally it's the death of gaslighting. It is, it is hilarious. Yes. It's, it's also like, you know, you can have that setting on it where it shows if you're an imposter or not. I love seeing a video where somebody like successfully deflected obvious attention off of themselves onto mm -hmm. someone else and it just immediately pops up. X was not an imposter. It's <laughs> like, what <laughs> oh or play, after the game when <laughs> we play with it so the the settings we play with when i play with the spikes is we play with you don't see who votes for who okay oh um it's really fun because you get like that big brother element to it um where you can just throw votes at people and make people think that certain people are voting for them yeah. So, like, if somebody skips the vote and you're the imposter and two people are, like, pointing the finger at each other and you're not the person, you just vote for one of them. And then if and then it just, like, pushes the needle there a little bit. It, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's so just fun. Enough. Like, it's, it's funny. You know, Phasmophobia is based off the movie The Thing. It's not Phasmophobia. Mm -hmm. Among Us is based off The Thing. Yeah. Like, I love how much those two correlate. And that game is able to recreate that experience of just trust eroding among everyone you and i need to stream <laughs> among us sometime we will uh, i think which, that'd be so much fun which uh, i don't think i've announced this publicly yet but i will right now i am getting ready to launch a twitch channel to where i'm going to play a lot of these sorts of games live connect with people so it'll be under xenix 68 but we absolutely need to hop on and play together that would be <laughs> so much fun we need to get like 
I'll see if I can uh, get some of my mind sculptor buddies to jump on. Nice. So, and, and the other thing that I think gives these games the staying power too, and I think is a good picture of why Fall Guys hasn't really stayed well, is one, the social aspect is not there. You're not talking with anybody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, despite, you know, Twitch rivals attempts to keep it relevant, like they did with the GlitchCon thing the other day, it's not really what it used, what it was for that week. Right. The other thing is content. These sorts of games need content coming at a pretty consistent rate. Right. Now, um, Among Us hasn't needed it quite so much yet because it just speaks for itself so much. But the fact that uh, they're getting ready to start shoving so much more content into the game, a new map, uh, accounts, those types of things, I think that's going to be really good for it. Phasmophobia mm-hmm. is a bit more like Fall Guys where you need more stuff coming. Then there's one dude doing all of this, but he's already doing it. He's patching out bugs. He made a Halloween theme when it was that time a few weeks ago. He already added in a new uh, ghost model. It's basically that freaky girl from the grudge or whatever that crawls at you. I think Sarah. people are more forgiving of there not being a lot of content when it comes from if one dude yeah, than yeah. it is with Fall Guys when it's coming from a studio. It is. And also Fall Guys... You don't have the social aspect keeping the game going. So what else is there? New content. And when you play the same games over and over again, by the end of day two or three, it goes, okay, I need something to shake this up. And it took them two months to introduce any new levels because they have it as a season, like, you know, Fortnite and COD does. You know, season one, 60 days, rank up as much as you can. Mm. And then they came back and did season two, and it's all medieval themed, and there's like three new levels now. It took too long. Right. And like adding random extra hammers that, you know, eat you somewhere. That's not enough. <laughs> right. Well, and so, Fall Guys, and, and that's kind of the thing, right? And so like Fall Guys is a, is, is a studio project. I mean, oh, shoot. That's Devolver Digital? Yeah. Devolve. Oh, yeah. That is literally no, no excuse from Devolver. Devolver's been around, man. They like, do. I mean... Yeah, like, I mean, these are guys who did Serious Sam. Jeez, uh, they've done yeah. so many things. It's not like they can't put content out. It's just that they didn't. Um, right. And, and that's kind of, I think, the issue there. And, and that's when, on them. When, yeah, and when you have the infrastructure to put stuff out constantly and you don't, like, that's, in, that's on you for your game falling apart. Like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, right? Yeah, and Among Us killed it despite that. Tell you what, is killing it. My friend, my friend Pedro is a really good game. If you, I need to play that. that. I I have it on the back burner. And I I don't I don't know anything about what it's about. I just kind of go, oh, I need it's to just play a this. fun so, like shoot 'em up game. It's yeah, it's really goofy. You need that sometime. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I I I, I like, and I and I think it can't be in another aspect of this too. Right, is kind of how Fortnite has kind of faded out. A little bit as like it's interesting that when these bigger brands kind of came in on epic and they were like when call of duty kind of started to get into the space call of duty started to absorb all the former cod players back into the Warzone space um and i think fortnite really lost a lot because of war it did it um, did but i've been saying they should do stuff like wars i don't understand this whole like First of all, the new Call what, of Duty you, game has like nine titles. Um, Call of Duty, oh, Black Ops, Cold War. 
Thank you yeah. for like, I don't understand how there is a story there or like how the online is going to be competitive, right? It's not a lot of some people are returning the game over it. Like just flat out, like the, the multiplayer, they said it feels like you're going back to like, uh, you know, uh, modern warfare three it's just bad right well and I, I i've said this for a long time i've said this for years is that i don't know it i just felt like it was in activision's best interest to do like a team fortress 2 uh overwatch sort of thing where you release the base game and then you mm-hmm. just throw new content at it yeah. over time and like you just it weirdly enough warzone they make a ton of money off of it yeah and it's a they free do. game like you don't have to charge 60 bucks for the for you to make a ton of money off of the something like people yeah. are dumb and will and, buy your cosmetics and they're killing it they're killing it yeah uh, and meanwhile i don't know fortnite i guess you can go see marshmallow if you want to but i mean <laughs> that game is they, so they, strange it, it is strange I'm, I'm not dissing on fortnite people but it's different <laughs> i i like it i have a lot of friends i mean I, I i played it for a little bit cassidy was really into it actually yeah my brother-in-law's um, really into it i I'll, I'll play it with him at some point soon but i have some friends who are really into apex legends and i just that game's still around yeah it has a pretty intense following evidently like it's a small uh, but really intense group of people who really play that game fair enough I don't know. I remember when Titanfall was kind of like that too, but Titanfall was wild, man, because that was such a bat botched game idea. Because it's such a cool game, oh, it was yeah. fun, but it was just that zero replayability. <laughs> that that'll have to be a list in the future: top five games that were good ideas and poorly executed. <laughs> There's much more than five. <laughs> What's that monster game uh, where it's like one person plays the monster and then like three other people? Or like a um, oh, uh, Dead by Sunlight. No, 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 no. Um, it's one where somebody's like a big like oh, monster oh, oh. monster. Yes, I know exactly um, what you're talking e- about. Is it like evolve? evolve? Yeah, yeah, yeah evolve. <laughs> yeah, that game was. It's such a cool um concept. Yeah, that's what it was. Evolve. In- and I mean, um, you obviously look at games like Friday the 13th and Dead by Sunlight. The concept worked. Right. It's a really cool idea. And I thought, but the thing was, is like the stat, the deck was just stacked so heavily in favor of the monster. Yeah. That like, it just. That's the same issue that Friday the 13th has. Yeah. It is a blast playing as Jason. Mm-hmm. And not so much as everyone else. Right. <laughs> well, uh. I think that's it for viral games. So that's why things like, uh, you know, Fall Guys blow up and uh, die and why things like Among Us are going to be here for quite a long time. I don't know how long Among Us isn't going anywhere. No. Phasmophobia, I think, is going to fluctuate. I don't think long term it's going to just drop off and disappear like Fall Guys did. I think especially as you get closer next October, it's going to explode again and everyone's going to go, oh, yeah, that's still here, you know. Phasmophobia Uh, will stay around as long as people stream it. Exactly. And the fact that it's based around actual in-person connection, mm-hmm. that means so much more for it. You, right. you keep adding levels, you keep adding content, that's a bonus that keeps people's interest. But yeah, well, that is just about everything we have for today. 
Uh, Caleb, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. I yeah, know absolutely. you'll probably be back soon. You're welcome back anytime. Absolutely. Uh, and for everyone else, uh, go give us a follow on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and especially our Discord. I am folded into the Goon Studios Discord. Uh, the links for that's up on our socials. I'll make sure to drop it again. So go like and follow us. Join the conversation through the week. Uh, and also, don't forget to take a look at uh, Caleb's podcast, The Mind Sculptors, for all things to do with magic and especially Commander. Uh, and uh, also take a look at the Nonsensical Podcast, our other Goon Studios podcast. Uh, Nate and Sam over there do a great job. I can't tell you what they talk about because it changes week to week, and it's just a fun, <laughs> fun thing to listen into their conversation. Uh, but for that, thank you all so much. Uh, like I said, uh, we have the contest going on, so make sure you get those entries in before Christmas, and we will see you all next week. Bye.